From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Thank you, Mark Wolf. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio, where extremely important shit gets discussed. Comments Comments from from the the haters. (laughs) Good points well elucidated from a couple of fat fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is that on you and a beal? Me and a beal, yeah. (laughs) Me and heart surgeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Smelly brown Indian. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to. This is from a guy named N-A-U-O. Now. Yeah, he, he's. That sounds like an awfully brown name. (laughs) Sounds like a very brown name to me. All right. Rip has always, always has to expose his ignorance on nutrition. A friend friend in the meat industry told him to eat a minimum of 300 grams of protein a day. What a fat retard he is. (laughs) And Santana is too scared to correct him like all starting strength Sycophants. Also tired of his bitch tit having ass <laughs> pretending he is anything less than 30% body fat. His gut hangs a good three to four inches over his belt. Fucking slob. <laughs> I went to a seminar once and all Rib did was snort and grunt the whole time. I've never been around anyone as unhealthy sounding as him. I thought he was going to have a heart attack any minute. He looked horrible. All right, here's a good one. Jesus Christ. This is Frank Hudacek. Jesus Christ, stop worrying about what YouTube comments say. (laughs) Or at least stop bringing it up every 90 seconds. God damn. I'm a jacked metrosexual. No, you're not. I had a boyfriend for a year once. (laughs) (laughs) And he put his penis inside of my anal orifice twice. Twice. And it was not protected sex. Also, I'm getting hard just thinking about it. This is Frank Hudacek. Look, I'm just reading the goddamn thing. Uh, Bree printed it out. I read it. But there's a thing at the bottom of this that says, show less. I'm thinking maybe that would have been good to do. <laughs> Let's see. When will a segment of Star Trek Radio come out with a segment on icing your testicles? <laughs> it might be a while. We'll try to get around to that, though. We've got to find a volunteer first. Would you like uh, No? This is B. Roberts, 42115. Give us a call, B. 
<laughs> Do you see why you people are the bottom 3%? Maybe the bottom 2%. Maybe the percentage has shrunk. Okay. Yeah, one more. One more. No Fap Gamer G. This is our favorite. One. We always read this. Why are Mark's nipples hard? Is he some kind of pervert? He? Is he some kind of pervert? Oh, fuck. Oh, that's so much fun. We got to keep doing this. This is the greatest goddamn thing. Joining me this week is our friend Jay Livesey. Jay is from Denver. Jay is the owner of Starting Strength Denver. This was a free shirt. <laughs> that's, the, that's why I've got it on. No other reason. <laughs> so, Jay, what the hell's happening, man? How far along are you? Uh, Here, and we're recording this on July the 20, what is it? Third. Third. July 23rd. So when this runs, it may, hey, when, by the time this runs, the damn thing may be open. Doubtful. Probably not. Doubtful. Probably not. You know why? Because commercial real estate people are involved. Yeah. I hate to go that far, but yes. No, so actually, I just got an update right before we got on here. Right. We're, the drawings are complete. Right. Minus the um, MEP portion. What is the MEP? I don't know. They need some engineer. They need some engineers involved. They right. need the information. Mechanical, electrical, electrical and plumbing. Plumbing. Right. And they need right. the HVAC information. Yeah. And they need an HVAC in there before we can get that information. So the landlord has to install the 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 unit the unit before anything can. Oh God! This may take another couple of years. The scare. The scary part was right. we might get a bid back by the end of the week. Might. Yeah. Might. Uh, it's been our common experience, boys and girls, that when you try to uh, go around the country and open small businesses like we're trying to do, the primary problem is commercial real estate. Uh, so in Jay's case how long had that place been available it's sitting there empty just air in it right for, oh yeah for what, well years how long was it vacant i mean they're vacant a long time yeah that guy months that, and months and months I, I i didn't you tell me it'd been a couple of years since anything had been in there no that other place that we thought we had lined up had been always vacant since being built in 2006 right 2006, so it had been vacant for 13 years. The city told me that. Yeah. Went down there and said, oh, there's nothing's ever been in there, so the permitting right. should be fine. Right. And then, So he yeah. goes in yeah, here's, and says, Here, here's a check. I want to rent the space. <laughs> and they go, hold on. Hold on. Hold, hold on. on. Hold on. Whoa, 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 I don't whoa. know. I, don't, I kind of think we might just like to just leave it empty. For Let's just slow down. Let's Sorry, slow down slow now down. because cause empty is, you know, if, if it's empty, then we don't have to – Try to find the key. <laughs> I mean, it, it's still, it's empty. It's still empty. Still empty. Still empty. Yeah, they were, uh, I mean, it is a shell ready to go. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. Well, it's, it, yeah. it's 
usually bizarre. Yeah. These things are – this is universally the case that right. we have found. I like that deal in Dallas that we were oh, looking yeah, at. Yeah, we were looking, we looked that. at that place – what was it, Nick? June of last year? Yeah. It was June of 2018. We found a location in Dallas. This is when we were – uh, thinking about having a company own one of the gyms. Right. And uh, we identified the location. They said it was for rent. We said we wanted to, re- to lease it. And we fucked around with these people until the middle of December. Jeez. And, and they came back. They came back in the middle of December and said, well, you know, all this other these hoops we've made you jump through are all well and good, but we've decided we want another $95,000 deposit from you because uh, you guys don't seem to have any W-2 income. <laughs> 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 At that point, we, 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 you know, our real estate broker said, look, I'm not even going to present that to these guys. You guys are not actually serious about this so we, we just blew that whole idea off because it was just too goddamn frustrating but it's been the same way just yeah. virtually everywhere i mean these guys we finally found in of uh when we signed the lease and they've been really good to work with but like little stuff like this like the hvac yeah we got three people involved you know when's it gonna happen it's like uh, you know one of always on vacation everybody's yeah they're very busy he's very busy oh they're very, very busy, busy. Very these busy. are busy everybody's people. very busy yes. right Yes. And uh, their primary deal, you know, like leasing commercial real estate space. Yes. <laughs> is uh, not part of why they're busy. <laughs> Apparently. God almighty. So, well, that's a little update. So, you know, at some point here this year, this thing's going to get done. And uh, those of you in Denver who are, a lot of you are in communication with Jay already, uh, just need to just kind of. We'll get it done as fast we'll, as we can. If it was up to us, it had been open last month. But it's not up to us. We're pushing on it as hard yeah. as we can. So your patience is appreciated. Now, we brought Jay down here today, and I've asked Jay to come in and uh, and talk to us about, uh, about golf. We are uh, – this is second in a series of podcasts about the two-factor model of uh of sports performance and the two factors are training and practice uh training is to recap briefly training is the is the thing that produces a a, an accumulation of physiologic adaptation that makes you better capable of performing the skills that are necessary for the performance in the sport in question. And practice is the is the thing that allows for the repetitive execution of movement patterns that are dependent on accuracy and precision. And the the difference really between the two is that practice is exquisitely specific to the sport itself and training is extremely general in terms of its acquisition strength is a generally acquired thing and and practice skill is an extremely specific to the performance acquired uh, 
adaptation. And uh, we came up with this distinction three or four years ago, and it, it is a very useful way to think about sports preparation. Golf is uh, probably one of the most popular uh, outdoor pastimes in the country, would you say? What do you think the golf market is in terms of number of people participate in it? Golf transcends business outings, social outings, and competitive environments. So it makes it kind of unique compared to nobody's going out and joining a basketball club. Right. You right. know, when they get a job, exactly. they join golf clubs or tennis clubs. That's kind of the way right. these things work. And um, so you get these results of popularity. I'd be curious if they could find it. What the? It's, uh, 107 million six and up a year. Wow. Age six and up, play golf, 107 million individual participants or golf games or what's golf on course or off course, watch the sport on television or read about in 2018. So there's 107 active people that are involved in golf. Involved in golf. Now, that doesn't mean there are 170 million, 107 million golfers. Uh, But let's say there are a third that many. Let's say there are... Let's say there are 40 million golfers. Would that surprise you? Would that number be? 40 billion would be a lot. 40 million. Million. Mil- million. No that, wouldn't, no, that wouldn't surprise me. 40 million? No. That's a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of golf clubs out there. That's a hell of a lot of people. The <clears throat> population of the country is 330 million. And that would mean that, what, that's 15%. Yeah, I mean, think how many people own a set of golf clubs. They probably don't play three times a week, but, you know. Right. Once every other month is pretty doable for most people. Right. If we're considering that a golfer. You know, I had no idea that the market was that big. Uh, What is an average set of golf clubs worth? Entry-level set of golf clubs. I mean, it depends on what you want to pay. I mean, could you get a set of used clubs, maybe 200 bucks? Yeah. Or you could pay, what, five grand probably for the... The highest end, I think, are like five grand right now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you can get a, you can get a, a driver for a thousand dollars, just one club. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. So there's a lot of money in this market, and uh, a lot of money in golf. Yes. And golf, um, being as popular as it is, is a uh, is a segment of the recreational market that is being underserved by the fitness industry, and. And the service that it does receive from the fitness industry is 99% bullshit. Because it's yoga? Yoga. Some Pilates. Pilates. They do Pilates. And that weighted swinging thing. They take the ball and swing it like this. Right. Yeah. Not sure what they're doing. Well, they're wasting a bunch of time. Yes. That's what they're doing. Um, They stretch, too. A lot of stretching. And the and the two factor model is, is is interesting in that it explains a lot of that. Uh, it explains the what people should be doing, right? But it also explains why it's not being done correctly. Everybody's doing yoga and Pilates. It's disgusting. Yeah, and once again, the two factor model is helpful to us here. The two factor model of sports performance and golf approached correctly should mm-hmm. be a sport. Yes. Right. Yes. the 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 problem with golf is that most 
people who play golf approach it as a game, which means that the only thing involved in it is practice and that there's not any training component. There's no attempt to obtain an accumulation of physiologic adaptation that would make the game of golf into a sport. See, I think this is... That's the, interesting. I never it, thought about it like in it, those terms. You're it, right. People it, do approach it like it's a game. It's a game. They right. approach it like it's billiards. A, good they approach it as yes. it's billiards. Yes. And I think the the vast majority... And there are some notable exceptions. A couple of guys around bench press and do some yeah. stuff. You know, Tiger benched. Tiger's supposed to have a 300 bench at one time, yeah. which is cool. Right. You know, it's not astonishing, but it's right. cool. You know, fit young man, I'll be able to bench 300. But I don't think he deadlift. I don't think he squat. And and uh, a game. They, they squat. Now, who squats? A lot of these guys on tour will squat. But there was Smith, Smith Machine. Smith Machine, you, quarter squats. Yeah. Right. That stuff. Yeah. Suboptimal. Don't see a lot of deadlifts, though, which is no, crazy. No, probably not. Yeah. That, that's odd. That is odd. That's very odd to yeah. me that they're not deadlifting. Right. Uh, there's not a better connection between hands and an implement a way to prepare for that than the deadlift yeah you know it's just uh it's kind of it's kind of strange to me that it hadn't occurred to them that right just getting your deadlift up to i'm just talking about 315 right you know i'm not talking about a power right. specialization and you know and and let me preempt you what you're typing right now on the youtube comments is that Ripito, you think everybody needs to be a power lifter. <laughs> These guys are professional golfers. They don't need a 750-pound deadlift to be a golfer. Ripito, you fat, stupid fuck. <laughs> See? Well, that was the, the guy. And you, uh, no, and, no, you can't beat off to this, can you? I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> but that's I, I think it's a useful distinction, but 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 because of the definitions that that fall out of the two factor model, you can look at something as a game if there's not a training component, if all you do is practice the the performance. You practice the performance. Right. You go to the driving range, you play nine holes, you play eighteen yeah. holes, you you drive, you do stuff like that, and 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 if that's all you're doing then you're approaching it as a game. And for, you know, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. For most people, it's, it is a game. And it should be approached as a game. You know, it's recreation. Yeah. It's what you do after work. You know, you take a, take Wednesday off and go play golf. It's a game. I don't understand yeah. why, you know, it's, it's so controversial that it's, it's not a sport. It's a game for people that do it like that. But for a subset of golfers, it should be approached as a sport, which means that in addition to practice, there should be a training component to it. Well, do you feel that the training component approached appropriately would allow them to practice more? That, that was kind of the guy that I sent you that you tried to get in contact with. Yeah. Whose back is shot. Mm -hmm. Doctors can't figure it out. Yeah. And had a good result. Never heard back from him. Right. Never heard back from him. But he wanted never do. his big complaint is. You know, I can only hit balls for 30 minutes a day. Right. All these other guys are out here for, you know, these 25-year-olds are out hitting right. three, four hours a day. If your back hurts, right. 
And, and he's it, a skinny it guy. Limits yeah. your practice, and you're a skinny guy. Right. Uh, I I understand that it's a leap to think that deadlifts, which to you look like a blunt object, I understand that, will improve your ability to practice highly technical golf by keeping your back from hurting. If you have a glass back and your glass back is limiting your practice and you start training, your back will become less glass-like and you'll be able to practice more. And this is and that's universal with that, recreational and professional. Yes. How many people that I've talked to even this year that, well, I throw my back at work and then they can't play golf. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of their recreation. Like they're not doing a whole lot of other stuff. That's their, right. their downtime is playing golf. Sure. Now all of a sudden they can't do it. It's the only fun they have. Right. And so they get back into, you know, well, they, I heard I should do some yoga. That'll get me back out there. Right. Right. And, and, and you, it never you, does it. Yeah. No, no. Right. You, here's the, all right. Yoga is not training. Yoga is stretching. And, uh, Pilates is not training. Uh, Pilates is whatever the hell Pilates is. And, and the difference between those types of activities and training is that training is the accumulation of a physiologic adaptation. In other words, training means that you don't go into the gym and do the same damn thing every time you're there with the same weights right. in, in the same what you, you, Add, you start here, and then you go this way. And you don't do that with yoga, at least not in a way that is beneficial to golf. Now, looking at the game of golf, it is not aerobic. It is no. a stroke occasionally. Yeah. And the stroke is designed to deliver the ball downrange. Yes. Right? Now, looked at from a physics perspective, which is a useful thing to always do, if you hit the ball harder, it will go further downrange. And if you can take a stroke off of the hole, that's helpful. Yes. And if you take a stroke off of the hole, you've hit the ball further. To hit the ball further, you must hit the ball harder. In order to hit the ball, you accelerate the club and transmit force from the accelerated club to the ball on the tee. And to do that, you accelerate the club by applying force to the club. Yep. Force is applied to the club by the whole body. A golf swing is a full body movement. Yes. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter what the, what the golf swing looks like. It's necessary to understand that the kinetic chain of a golf swing is between the hands and the feet. And everything in between the hands and the feet is in the kinetic chain of the golf swing. Therefore, if we strengthen the kinetic chain involved in the golf swing, which is the whole body, then the whole body can contribute to force production during the golf swing, accelerating the club more rapidly, and 
since now we are stronger, each one of those club swings represents a submaximal effort that can be more precisely controlled because of the excess of force production capacity. And yeah, so listening to you explain that, it sounds so stupid, but the new thing in golf is adding miles per hour to your club head speed. It's pretty quantifiable now. They have these machines, oh, easy. They have these machines and they say, oh, you just picked up 10 miles an hour with this new driver or whatever. Right. So common sense would tell you what? Well, that anything else you could do to add right. club head speed would also affect the speed of the club hit. <laughs> right. And uh, yoga. I mean, helps. this is a That's, tautology. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, this uh, is not this is not complicated no. material. Uh, you know, if you can hit the ball harder by applying more force to it, yeah. it doesn't matter if the club is new or not. No. I mean, and and see, and the the hilarious part of this whole thing is, if you just think about it from a uh, from a, a perspective of of uh, a first cause and just look at the, the physics of the swing. We have a kinetic chain that is producing more force when it is stronger. And if you can produce more force, you can take the club and hit the ball harder with it and make the ball go further down range. Now we're not suggesting that strength rating improves your putt. No, but that's not the. But that's not where that's, you that's, pick up the stroke. That's not no, and it's been quantified that that is not. It's actually off the tee. Off the tee, strokes, is where we're strokes worried. gained off the tee, and that's why these guys are so obsessed with how far they hit the ball. Right. And uh, a side note here: this is how blind golfers are to it. My wife has been playing a lot of golf this summer, mm-hmm. and she's been doing some, you know, grab ass version of the program mm-hmm. since we don't have a coach yet. But she's been hitting some tee balls, like where other people are like, whoa. I mean, you know, she's, what, 128 pounds? Right, maybe. Right, maybe. You know, maybe. S- slender, you know, physique. Right. Like, she's not going to produce a lot of power. And she came home one day and was like, geez, did you see how far I hit that ball? I was right. like, yeah. And I had seen you hit, you know, I haven't seen that before. And then it both dawned on us. I was like, well, geez, you've been in there lifting for like the last three, four months. You know, you've, you've been making gains, not huge ones, right. but nonetheless. Right. It's, it's so... So Common let's, sense. Let's I would stop think. for yeah. just a second because, and we should have done this earlier. No. Uh, what exactly gives you the right to have an opinion about golf? I mean, after all, you know, and you, YouTubers fill in the blank. After all, everybody's got an opinion about golf, right? Sure, they do. I've played at a, a relatively high level. Um, I played some mini tour golf after college and currently play in, I mean, in amateur events mm-hmm. is kind of the outlet for that now. So um, just like anybody else, do I know everything? No, but I'm, if I was put in a room of golfers, I don't think anybody would argue my competence when right. it comes to the game. You've been playing golf how many years? I mean, since I was little, you know, and competing for at least the last 20 years, so... Right. That's, you know, big, big difference playing, you know, tournament, right. Competitive golf and playing club golf and right. playing once a year at a resort or something. Right. Entry and fees are involved. That's worth it. Money's put down. Right. Money's lost more often than not. Right. And um, so, yeah, you learn, you know, you learn how good you are pretty quick mm-hmm. when you start putting money down. Right. Which I did. 
Right. And strangely enough, um, you know, when I started, I was I was following the the age old you know, well, Tiger's running three miles. You know, you got to you know run and do these gotta circuits. Run. You got to do what right. the greatest golfers in the world are doing. Right, right. Now, now who's that fat guy that smokes? Yeah. That's real popular right, right now. What's that guy's name? Daly. John Daly. John Daly. You know, do what he does and be a good golfer, right? Drink, smoke, and gamble. Right, right, right. Works for John. Right. Hey. Yeah, it works, I, for, it, yeah. it works for John. It works for John. That's, and John's good. Right. He's that's what that's how you should do it. That's the logic. Right? That's the right? logic. He's doing that's it. The... Yeah. Um yeah, and and unfortunately for me, you know, I, I didn't know about starting strength back mm-hmm. then. I'm thinking, geez, how how big a difference could that have made? Because it's very obvious when I'm uh, lifting and right. how far I'm hitting the ball, and I don't I'm pro- I don't have a whole lot to gain, but you can see the you can hear all the club head. Oh really? Oh yeah, but it's like, but it's being being around like my wife and these amateur golfers who are recreational at best. Right. The they have the biggest room. Sure. For I mean, that's everybody. This is the novice effect. It's the absolutely same, yes. same thing. Yeah. In I'm topped it, out, the, but these the, guys the, aren't. The the yeah. further along you are on the curve, right? The less you obtain. Correct. The, yeah, the more the beginner you are, the more the easy factors are going right. to contribute to your right. improvement. So in in terms of yards, yeah, uh, you take a club golfer yes, and go from no deadlift whatsoever to right. a 365. Yeah. What happens to his drive off the tee? I mean, honestly, three. You know, when you even just said three sixty-five, I'm thinking, geez, that's big. I know, I know, nah, I know. You know, I know, I know. Um, if that forty-year-old male, right, is not that's hitting the guy, is not hitting it twenty yards further, I would be shocked. And is that significant? They would. It would be. They nobody believes it. Nobody believes what you just said. They're going to believe it because we're going to quantify it here in a few months when this yes. gym opens. Because the, right. the beauty of what's where we hit this at the right time is they have these machines that will quantify mm-hmm. it. Period. You started at this. Your swing speed is this. You're hitting it this far. So, in other words, these these uh, these metrics machines, measurement machines, actually calculate the physics of the speed, Ab- transfer, all of it, all of it, ball weight, yeah. and project that absolutely down range. Yep, right. absolutely. I don't know how it works. Some little lasers. I don't know. But they work. Ah, oh, it's computer shit. Yeah, it's computer shit. I don't know. So, uh, no, that's just it's just a physical relationship right. between the club and the ball. Right. 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 And every you know any you know sixty plus male, mm-hmm. it's the only thing they want to talk about. If only I could hit it a little further off the tee. Right. And, and then, the then, reason they want to talk about it is because when they go from forty to sixty, if they're not training, their strength goes down. Right, and, and they can't power, play as much. Yeah. Power is directly right. proportional to strength. Well, think about it. If 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 you're hitting your your tee ball, and you're hitting six irons into all the greens, compared to if you start training, then all of a sudden you can hit eight or nine irons into greens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's common sense. Where are you gonna be more accurate with a short club or a long club? Right, the shorter one. Sure. That's why everybody sure. is obsessed you, with it. If you get yeah. the driver to work for right. you, and and go from a five or six iron down to an eight or nine iron, right? Or pitching wedge, or what, whatever. Right. You know. Yeah, that's what. That's the game that the pros are playing. Those yeah. shots are shorter, right? And you get closer with your putt. Absolutely. Right. 
Yeah, it's it seems so stupid when you're saying it, but yeah. that's what I know. And it's it's know. it's it's hard to understand right. why they don't understand this. Yes, uh, and I and I I'll I'll blame it squarely on the modern strength and conditioning fad that's called functional training. Okay, functional training has wasted a lot of time and a lot of money for a whole lot of people. Uh, people at all levels of athletic development and all levels of athletic potential. Functional training has a major fallacy, and that fallacy is explained by the two-factor model. If you are going to strengthen the kinetic chain, and in the case of golf and lots and lots of other sports, the kinetic chain is hands to feet. The whole body is in the kinetic chain. Uh, you have to strengthen that with an exercise that allows you the greatest amount of potential to move progressively heavier weights. And if you move progressively heavier weights, then the kinetic chain strengthens. All right? For hands to feet, there's no better example of the kinetic chain being strengthened than the deadlift, going from you're not deadlifting to deadlifting 365 pounds. And this is not a strength specialization. 365 is not a strength specialization. It's not remarkable at all for most men. That's not a remarkable deadlift. But it, it's something that we can easily do. Let's say 315. Let's say 275. Pick a number. From zero to there yeah. is a strength increase. Now, I use the deadlift because it allows me to lift the heaviest weights, and it allows me to load that entire kinetic chain in a progressive way to make the whole damn thing stronger. Now, a deadlift does not look like a golf swing, and a golf swing is a progressive, a, a golf swing is a full kinetic chain movement. But if I load the golf swing, let's say I make the mistake of not understanding the difference between training and practice, and I load the golf swing by loading the golf club, does that full kinetic chain movement have the same potential for progressive increases in load that a deadlift does? And the answer is obviously no. No. It'd be a heavy golf no, club. Because that's going to be a heavy, heavy golf, golf club. Golf if it gets heavier better. and heavier, what happens to the swing? It gets slower <laughs> and slower. Timing is a factor right. in golf. Right? right? But the way the kinetic chain in the golf swing is used. It's a sequential movement that that is not a terribly full range of motion movement for the hips and knees. And the back stays at roughly the same angle. It's a rotational movement. Right. It uses the kinetic chain in little weight. Oh, whereas the deadlift uses the kinetic chain in big ways. And the bigger the way that the kinetic chain is loaded 
over the fullest range of motion of all the joints in the kinetic chain, then the more potential that movement has to cause an increase in force production over all of those ranges of motion. What functional training people don't understand is that if we strengthen in a way that's the most efficient way to strengthen, then we're stronger. And then we practice with the expression of strength we're going to use, in this case, on the course. If you take your deadlift from zero to 365, you're stronger. You're not only stronger for the deadlift, you're stronger on the course too because you were practicing the whole time. And B, if your back was hurting while all this was taking place, and now your back is strong enough to support itself more effectively and it's no longer hurting, and this is a common report after about two weeks of deadlifts, your back quits hurting. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have told us chronic back pain is gone after two weeks of starting to deadlift and squat. Then, as Jay mentioned earlier, your ability to practice is enhanced because you're not limited by the pain. I was sitting here thinking, golf, you're stationary, you know. It's the only, I'm trying to think, maybe a tennis serve, you kind of coil up, you know, so you're, you're loading and unloading. Mm-hmm. You're not moving around like these other sports. So there's really no reason to ever, you know, bound around on one foot, do these different things, because you're loading and unloading. That's all you're doing. You're stationary. It's the only, I'm blanking on what other sport, maybe a, a baseball swing, but the ball's coming at you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're having to allow for the pick up the ball off right. from the pitcher's hand, and here the ball's sitting there. Right. And yeah, but in 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 the case of both the baseball swing and a golf swing, you are hitting a ball with an implement. Right. You don't look at the implement; you look at the ball. Right. And in in one case, the ball is moving; the other right. case, it's stationary on the tee. But you are making an implement yeah. go to the ball, and both your feet are in contact the, right. with the ground when you do this. Right. A tennis serve. Most people leave the ground. Right, right. That's that was the only one I was thinking. Most of both feet right. when they're and I can't think of another. What's another? I mean, all the other ones you're moving, right? Pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty, pretty much. much. You're you're, yeah. you're headed toward an implement right. or doing something else. Right. But a golf swing and a baseball swing are there. There's a lot of analogy there. Sure. There's a lot of sure. analogy there in that the eye directs yeah. the implement in the hands that you're right. not looking at. Yeah. Uh, but in the case of, of comparing uh, a golf swing to a deadlift, yeah. for example, the, the only similarity is the kinetic chain is the right. same. Right. It's used in a different way, but the right. whole body is the kinetic right. chain. Right. Uh, a deadlift, a heavy deadlift might, for a guy at this level, might take four seconds. Right. And uh, a golf swing takes how long? Not that long. Whether it's like a minute thirty, you no, actually the swing. Yeah, uh, in an eighteen holes of golf, you're no. I'm no. I mean, one swing. Takes right. I'm doing the math. Three one, quarters of a second. Maybe if it's a minute and a half total in four hours that you're actually swinging. Right. Break that out. So yeah, yeah something second or two. It's, it's, yeah, it's nothing it's in the vicinity of a nothing. One thousand. Right. Is a swing. It's quick. Right. 
from quick. the top to the ball. Correct. Is is very quick. Yep. It's expressed. And the hips don't move in anything except a rotational way. The leg, the knees barely unlock. Yeah. So there are no similarities, and this is what confuses simple people. All right, there are no similarities in the way the two movements look, but it doesn't matter that there's no similarity in the way the two movements look. The thing that matters is what gets strengthened, because we're trying to strengthen. We're not trying to strengthen the golf swing. We're trying to strengthen the golfer. Try to wrap your head around this. A stronger golfer hits the ball harder because the golfer then makes the golf swing. And the golf swing is practiced. The golfer is trained. Yes. This is probably a concise way to, right. to summarize this. It doesn't matter. You don't intentionally try to make your training look like practice. Because if you do, then that activity becomes neither training nor practice. Right. And one of the main exercises you'll see golfers do, which you were kind of alluding to, is they realize that you can only get a golf club so heavy, so that's not going to work. Right. So what do they start doing? The medicine ball, you know, tw- you know swinging like golf club with the medicine right. ball, or maybe grabbing the, the cable and making that move. Making the cable thing. And you've you know, seen these hyper, r- r- these parabolic looking frames and right. hook up to a cable. Look. Right. What so since that ends up being the default thing right. that most golfers are fed sure. as as strength and conditioning for golf, what's wrong with that? How heavy can you get a rotational golf swing looking movement with a with a medicine ball? Heavy enough to make you stronger? No. That's the problem with yeah. it. Jay, yes. have you had experience doing those kind of exercises versus what strength training now? Oh, I've done them all. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Can I've, you talk about that? Yeah. And, and I've, I've done, you know, through the magazines, I've tried everything. And the biggest thing I've noticed from squatting and deadlifting is in my hips and, and rear and core area. I mean, it's just no, it's just not even, it's two different people. Right. I'm tighter. I can create more force. I mean, it's just, it's. Snap I, I, through the swing. Harder. I keep repeating it. It sounds stupid to keep repeating it, but I mean, that's what you're doing. And, right. and doing, you know, 30 reps of, you know, with a, with a band and whatever, you know, I was doing. Right. In hindsight, I'm like, okay, I, I see why that was a not good use right. of time. Because there's no carryover. There's no carryover. There's no, no. carryover at all. It no. superficially looks the same. Right. But let's look at the there, – there's a phenomenon uh, that, that must be examined when looking at movement patterns and their similarly, similarity toward each other. If you have got – and this this is a good golf example. Do you swing a driver the same way you swing a nine iron? No. It's a different swing, isn't it? Yeah, one's flatter, one's more up and down vertical. Right. So, in other words, swinging a driver does not constitute practice for swinging a nine iron. No. You have to do both. You got to do both. Because the movement patterns are 
superficially to a lay person, they look kind of the same. But they're different enough to where one does not constitute practice for another. Once again, practice is exquisitely specific to the movement pattern that's going to be used in the performance. And if the move, there are several different movement patterns in each performance, then each one of them has to be practiced separately because movement patterns that are that specific do not carry over to each other. No, that's a, right? that's, that's a very common, this guy is a good driver of the golf ball, right? but he's not much of a wedge player. So now let's go back in the yeah. weight room and do the little rotationalist, swingy-looking yeah. thing with a cable. Yeah. It's not similar right. to anything you've done. Right. It's not heavy enough to make yeah. you stronger, certainly not yeah. com- in comparison to a 365 deadlift. Right. And therefore, it is not capable of making you stronger, while at the same time, being absolutely incapable of constituting practice. It's it's interesting right? because you'll see a lot of these guys that are that are good iron players, good wedge players, but they struggle off the tee because mm-hmm. they know they're not hitting it as far as some of these other guys, um, and they're at a disadvantage. Period. Right. And going from being a good wedge player and iron player to getting some more yards off the tee would be pretty two easy. different skills. Yeah, but you would be able to do right? it. A lot easier than the other way. Two different skills. Right. But But. training prepares for both. Right. Because training is not specific to either one. Do you guys begin to see what I'm talking about here? I don't I don't think this is that complicated. I think that if you if you understand that a stronger golfer has the potential to be a better golfer because he is merely stronger, and he's also practicing the game of golf, which is multifactorial. Then he is using his now stronger body in ways that he's familiar with because he's done the strength, he's applied the strength to the various aspects of the game. And that strength is now dovetailed into the skill okay and uh, you know i i think i don't think this is that hard to understand the the narrative the narrative's been lost somewhere i mean i was out there i was playing in in an event yesterday and they had a long drive um like celebrity out there what do you think this guy looked like i mean he was six five he was huge big long arms big long swing long linear arc what do you think happened to that golf ball? I guess it went way down Way there. down there. Way down there. And yeah. it went down there because the right. guy right. at 6'5", yeah. 250, because he's stronger than your wife. Yeah, stronger than me. And that's what where I can't right. figure. I think that the narrative has been lost that the, the average guy who leaves work every day and wants to play golf mm-hmm. cannot, can't even think about getting – anywhere near as strong as this guy, right. so I better go do yoga. Because he doesn't have the, the yeah. physical potential that right. this guy, who's accidentally stronger than he is, right. who's accidentally stronger than he is, and who can take that strength and display it in the skill. All right? 
And I think everybody knows, and we, this came up in our discussion with Nick about fighting. Uh, I think everybody understands that a stronger guy is more of a problem in a fight than a weaker guy. And I think everybody also understands that a stronger guy is a better golfer than a weaker guy. What they can't wrap their heads around is the idea that the best way to get stronger is to deadlift and not to do silly-ass, golf-specific, rotational bullshit in the weight room that lacks the potential to make you stronger. What's the best way to get stronger? This is the only question. If you understand the physics of a golf swing, what's the best way to get stronger for the golf swing? It's to get stronger all over because we're using the whole kinetic chain. And that question is answered. What's the best way to get stronger? By barbell training. And that's all there is to it. Now, I don't have anything to sell. Barbells are cheap. Barbells are way cheaper. I don't sell barbells anyway. Barbells are cheaper than golf clubs. You know, coaching on the barbell exercises is cheaper than golf clubs. It's cheaper than a golf club membership. Yep. It's right. cheaper, cheaper than, than golf lessons. It's, it's cheaper than golf lessons. Oh. You know, but they have you guys believing that in order to get stronger, you have to do something that superficially looks like golf yeah. for it to apply to golf, and that's just not true. And I think our discussion here has, has illuminated that a little bit. Uh, how many guys have you coached that play golf? Uh, I coached high school golf for, for a few years, yeah. And at the time, I knew – that um, we needed these kids. I mean, these are high school kid boys, right. you know, get them in the weight room. I mean, they're skinny little guys. Right. Uh, and I had to give up because it was almost impossible, as you could figure, to get time in the weight room. Right. And then at that point, everybody's jacking around, so it's kind of it's, – it's just difficult. Two weeks of strength training will make a difference off the tee. The, yes. To everybody. To everybody, yeah. To everybody. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean I can't imagine yeah. if the if the base if if the average recreational golfer had even fifty percent of what you think baseline, you know, numbers should be, mm-hmm. I mean that it'd be it would change the activity for everybody. Right. There's plenty of different activity. Hit well, the ball further. I mean they're hitting shorter clubs into there's just more accurate scores get lower. Right. And they and they can um they'll be less they won't be as injured. I right. mean, I should, the, the back injury piece of it enough. It's like, geez, yeah, all you want to do is play golf, and yet you got to protect your back you, by doing you, yoga. You have to use your back yeah. playing golf, and you think that yoga is right. going to make your back stronger. Right. Protect it. Protected it's be because protected. it's been stretched that day. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is the idea that a stronger set – of muscles around the back, such an arcane concept that that people don't understand how a deadlift would make your back healthier, quieter, pain more pain free. Deadlifts and are bad. More able yeah, to, I don't know. More able to transmit force. I don't know where. Oh, because deadlifts hurt your back. They hurt your back. They hurt your back. And, They're bad. Right. 
hurt your back doing yeah, that. We've got a, we Jay, got a long careful. way to go. You're going to hurt your back. Got be a careful. long way to go, man. Might hurt your back picking something heavy up. Right. Because, you know, I guess the assumption is is that I'm going to load the bar to 365 and take a guy off the street and say, right. hey, pick that up. Right. right. Yeah, what is the assumption? Are they, yeah, I, I like, think that's yeah, the assumption. That, uh, go is, pick that up. Oh, you did it wrong. Right. See, they don't see the process. Yeah, right. See, the process, this thing right. right here, that process is what they're missing. Right. They don't understand that there is, we don't start you off. We find where you are today. Yeah. And then we add 10 pounds next time. And then we right. add 10 pounds after that. And then 10 pounds after that. And then 5 pounds after that. And over time, right. we accumulate a strength adaptation. It's a cumulative process. It starts where you are now. Where you are now defines where we start. And then we're going to force you to get stronger by adding a little weight to the bar every time you come into the gym. And it doesn't take very long to get you up to that 275, 315, 365-pound deadlift. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't take six months. You can put together six months of training. Your deadlift's over 300. And if you're a if you're a woman, you can put together six months of training. Your deadlift's over 185. And this is these are just baseline numbers. If your trainer, your coach, your strength coach doesn't know how to do that, then he's not qualified to charge you money for it. All right, this is not an astonishing accomplishment. And you know. People in this industry thrive off of the ignorance of their client base. They do. I see. I see it. I see a lot, yeah. and it's like just private training sessions. And you're thinking, "What are you paying for?" Yes. What What exactly just happened here? Can't quantify any of it. Maybe you feel good when you're finished because you did something. You got to talk to somebody, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't like. You know, what's, what's your end game? Nothing changed. Right, nothing changed. No, no body transformations. Right, you didn't no. make anything improve. Right, you well, just so the, novice, the novice effect, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's always... the the novice effect explains a lot of it. Yes, it does. Yeah. If a guy goes from not doing anything at all to taking a five pound dumbbell and waving it around in the air while standing on a Bosu ball while another guy throws a golf ball at him, right? You know, that's okay. Yeah, you know, for a couple of weeks, that's going to make you feel like you accomplished something. But does it have the potential to continue to accumulate an adaptation over years or even weeks? I I wonder if if people even appreciate what being strong really means. You just threw out the number 365 Mm -hmm. for a deadlift should just be that J. Come on. that's, 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 That's easy. Yeah. And if you, I mean, people I'm around would think you're crazy. Yeah, I know. It's, and, it's, and that's, I think that is. And it's, it's just, they come from a different right, level right, of right. experience than I do sure. with it. And it's been our experience that 365 right. is not remarkable. Right. You know, especially for a younger guy. Right. You know, if or, we can't take right. a 19-year-old kid and, right. and get him to a 365-pound deadlift in six months, we, we're not doing our job. Right. Because that's not heavy. Or you're going to be 400 pounds, you know, by the time you're, you're able to lift that much. Right. They just, I don't know what, they, I, somewhere the narrative got off. And yep. I don't know 
Um, well, it got yeah. off intentionally yeah. because people that don't want to bother to learn how to do these, how to learn how to coach these movements right. have talked about their little bullshit rotational things yeah. that they do and their functional training, and there's a bunch of money in functional training. Yes. whole bunch of money in functional training because it superficially looks logical. But if you'll think about it from the – from the standpoint of the two-factor model, it's not logical at all. Well, I mean, it looks complicated. It does so look you, complicated. You must be smart to figure and, that out. And complexity right. appeals right. to stupid people. Yep. And I've said that before, and I can't apologize for it because it's certainly true. And by right. stupid, I don't mean just, you know, an imbecile. I'm talking about someone who hasn't thought about this. They don't thought of Yeah, right. They haven't thought through it. Right. They what haven't thought through it. They're really, they're ignorant. What stupidity yeah. appeals, uh, complexity appeals to ignorant people, yeah, and stupid people too, two different things. But if you think about it for just a minute, yeah, in terms of how the body adapts over time to stress, and what the body is doing when it applies its physical capacity to a specific activity, you'll understand that practice and training. Right. are two completely different things. They must both be undertaken in order to get the most out of a performance. Yes. Anything else, Jay? No. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think we pretty much nailed it. I think that's a pretty cogent explanation of, yeah, I, I, of honestly, the, the things going on It's here. frustrating to sit here and, and rehash this conversation because it does seem like such common sense. And the bummer is we don't have the data to quantify it, and we will. Within right. six months, easily. Right. What we need, be, yeah. I tell you, what we need, and this is this is what will break us through. We need a guy with a name that's on the tour yeah. to just try this for three months. Yeah. That's all we need right. is mm-hmm. one guy. One guy that's willing to listen to what we're trying to tell him. If if what we're talking about is complete and utter bullshit, it should be apparent. Right. In three months. You would think that those guys are incentivized enough to try anything. You would think. And they're like that Arjun Atwal that you try to reach out to, like yeah. like that guy, you can't play as much anymore. Your back's busted. Doctors can't do anything for you. I mean, what wouldn't you be trying everything? You, you, you know, you would one think. One would think, but right. one might be mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, true. You, you don't really know how uh, deep, a guy like that's interest is in yeah. moving out of his comfort zone. Right. You know, if you're going to try something completely uh, new, co- something that would be regarded as so completely outside the norm as deadlifts and squats and mm-hmm. overhead presses for golf, right? you're going to have a guy that's that's not, you know, that, that that's comfortable being uncomfortable, right. and a lot of people are just not, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't know. And as as these guys, you know, a guy like that who is looking to transition to the Champions Tour and the Fifty Plus Tour, mm-hmm. you know, logic would tell you, how am I going to strengthen my body to maintain another eight years of travel, competitive yeah. golf? Right, seems logical. It, it does seem logical. Not There's no the, better way to strengthen yeah, the body right. than right. with than with with no. barbell strength training. Uh, more and more people are understanding that. Right. But why not him? 
Right. Why not? Yeah. I, what, I don't understand it. Yeah. And you know that is a, that's a, it, golf is a tough sport because it is a very you know any type of outside perspective. Um, that guy Bryson DeChambeau on tour right now. I mean, he's kind of an outsider. He does things a little differently. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody likes that. You know, no, especially when you no, get to, no. when you get to the name level, what these people are doing right. that. But everybody's you know, supposed to act the same way. Everybody's supposed to do the same way. And you know, what do you you know who are you to do do it differently? Right. I can think of a politician right. that's kind of made everybody uncomfortable the same way. You're not. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, Bernie. <laughs> Bernie, who won't pay his own staff. $15 an hour. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, Bernie. So, uh, so anyway, well, Jay, thanks for coming down. Appreciate your, your, your being here today with us to talk about this important topic. I hope that what we can do uh, when uh, your gym gets open and we get this thing off the ground, we get the data, we can start convincing people in golf and other sports yeah. that, are, that are suffering from this uh, archaic mindset in terms of how to prepare for a performance. I hope we can get some, some progress made and, and let's get people who are willing to do the work to get on board with us and let's right. get everybody strong and, and move them along down the, down the career path to, to the pro level. I'm excited to do it. Yep. Let's get that HVAC. Get it get it up there and running. Absolutely. <laughs> if I was an air conditioner guy, I promise I'd help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on Starting Strength Radio. We'll see you next time.